0: You know, when I was thinking about this lesson of how do we make it count in this life, in every circumstance that we're in, if we think about circumstances, we can either use that to make these circumstances in our life as excuses and kind of go that other way as we were talking about, or we can use the circumstances in our life to make it count. When we're in a, in a bad way in our life ever, if, whether it's physically, spiritually, the things in our lives that we think about, that we do, in our life will help make it count. Think about this for a moment. And I'm gonna use this as an illustration. I've got a, a prop down here, like David had his quarter as a prop uh, this morning. I've got a prop here I'm gonna bring up in just a moment. If you think about um, a, a relationship of an analogy that I'm gonna use here is, is hunting. And when I think about hunting for me, it's an enjoyment and it's an enjoyment for a lot of people who hunt. Some do it for sport, some do it for the meat. And I think I would like i like to do it for both. I enjoy the meat of it, the venison and, and the wild hogs that we take and the and the and the turkeys and things that we harvest, we will eat. There's not any waste to it. And I'm not here before you today just to, to say that I'm marketing hunting. My my intentions today is, is how to hit your mark, how to make it count. And if you think about that in 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 the analogy I'm gonna use is in hunting. If you'll think about that in your spiritual life in just a moment. Of every situation that you're in, every circumstance, the things that you will do will either do two things. You're going to go away that, where you need to be or you're going to be going towards where you need to be. If you make it count, you're giving effort, you're doing your best, and you're doing your best for the Lord in those efforts. I've got the next slide to kind of give us a little outline of what we're wanting to do. is Use what is proven to you. Whenever you think about that in the Bible, you use what is proven to you. You look at the scriptures and you find the things in the scriptures that you can relate with sometimes, whether it's sadness, loneliness. You can look up salvation. You can look up any subject, any circumstance in your life and find scriptures and things that is proven that's worked for people in those scriptures that will work for you. Whenever you use something that's proven, you're looking at Jesus Christ. You're thinking about Jesus, the life that he lived, the life that you are going after with Jesus Christ. It's because it's proven. Whenever you're going after something that's proven, it's because you're building that steadfast trust in him. Think about that for a minute. And I'm going to give you an analogy here in a minute and relate all this a little bit with the hunting part. Access Jesus in prayer. You trust in God and you you have that thing that's going on with you that's proven. You trust in it. You access Jesus in prayer and then you fight for it. You know, when you're hunting, you think about this. Now, I got permission to bring this up. It has no broadhead on it, no bow and arrow up here, so that's my liability clause. <clears throat> I asked Garland, he said, I think I left that, <laughs> that broadhead on there. It had been a little bit more effective, but it's sharp. I didn't want to cut myself. <laughs> anyway, but it's got a single arrow in a, in a quiver here that I attach to the bow. Some of you are familiar, some may not be. But it's, it'll hold five arrows, and it's got one in it. So you think about that. It was like, well, where's the other four? Well, that you know what? It's kind of like life, I guess. Is that sometimes it's, everything's just not there, is it? But we have one left. We've got Jesus Christ in our life. Sometimes we get down, we get down in this life, and we think all is that it, it failed. But we have one thing still going for us, don't we? We've got something that's proven. We got Jesus. You know, when you're hunting, the whole idea of this deal is, is is on taking an animal, honestly, and harvesting an animal. That's a nice way of saying that you don't offend anybody of killing an animal, is when you harvest an animal. You're doing the best that you can that you harvest it where it's not going to suffer, that it will go down. And for bow hunting, you take these arrows and you get a bow and arrow and the broadheads that's on it. And you make your broadheads real sharp. I'll shoot a three-bladed muzzy. It's got a bone chisel on the end of it, so if it hits rib, it's gonna break the rib, and those three edges are real sharp, and it's gonna cut veins, it's gonna bleed, and it's gonna die. I want it on the ground. My idea of this is is this. I I have tuned my bow to be accurate. I have now, since my eyes has gotten worse, I've put in a magnifier and a little peep sight that helps me see the animals better because my eyes are kind of going. I want every advantage use what is proven to me. And we in this life will do it in in hunting, people who shoot rifles, some shoot long range, and you can see them doing everything in the world they can to shoot a thousand, twelve hundred yards. They have tools to do it, they have every little detail worked out on formulas of how to shoot and hit a target this big, sometimes at a mile away. They've done everything they can do to prove that rifle. I've done everything that I know to do to prove this bow and arrow to me, to make it work. And then what do I do? I trust in it, right? Because I can't go pick up an old bow that I've never shot and have that same confidence and that trust in it. Zane, can you relate with that? You can, and we can all relate with that. Ladies, if you're in the, if doing anything in your life, if you have something that's your favorite thing that helps you get through your day, you trust in it. And it's the same for us as when we're sitting there hunting. We pick up a rifle that's been sighted in or a bow and arrow, and we have that equipment fine-tuned, and it's proven. What's that do for us? It helps us to trust in it, right? It does. And when we can trust in that, we can move on in our hunting. But I think in this lesson, I'm looking at it the same way in this outline. We use Jesus Christ in our life because he's proven to us. And him only. When, it, when we want to make it count, think about this. Are you going to believe in anything else? Number one, Jesus Christ died went to the grave and was risen by his Father. That's the man that I'm going to believe in. If anybody's challenging on what you believe in, one of the first questions is show me some scriptures and why are you believing in that? And the second one is, really, the man that you're believing in is still in the grave. The one we believe in, it is risen. And so this is the one that's proven to me. And that's the one that I'm going to trust in. That's the one I'm going to access in prayer. And that's the one that I'm going to continue to fight for the prize. You know, we can look at this scriptures. Now we're going to go into this and it kind of outlines this. Um, we can have confidence in a, in a proven weapon. You know, when we think about Jesus We trust in it because we believe it. We we have that confidence. And when you look at trust, it's confidence. It is confidence. If you think about the children of Israel a lot of times and why they fought the wars the way they did is when God had told them and had talked to them and they trusted in God and they had confidence in God. It's whenever they didn't obey him and got away from that obedience and wasn't faithful and began not to have that trust because they wasn't being obedient to him. And they lost that trust, and they lost that confidence. But if we have Jesus, we can get through any situation in our lives. He's the only one. It's all you need, one. Make it count. The only one. 1 Samuel 17, and 39. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off of him. You think about David for a minute, going up against a, a huge giant who is dressed out in armor, huge. And he's down in a field and he's cursing David, everything in the world, and telling him, David, what I'm going to do to you. And you got this little ruddy guy who trusts completely in the Lord. And he's going to go fight this guy. Saul's loading him up with all this armor. Think about this. This is, this is the man thinking. And notice the difference in what, how David's thinking and how, what Saul was thinking. We're going to put all this armor on you. And he said, I don't need this. He said, it's not proven. And he has the trust in God. David's got that trust and the confidence. Get this stuff off of me. I don't need this. Use what is proven. Samuel seventeen forty. So he took the staff in his hand, chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in script. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. You know, when you think about the sling, he picked up five smooth stones, <clears throat> no armor on. I don't know if you've ever used a sling. We used to when we were kids. A sling with a, two strings and a little pouch or a leather. We put it around, put it around. We would let one string go and that rock would just fly and sail. We were never very accurate. Thank goodness I didn't have a giant in front of me I was fighting. But we could let them go, and we had fun. David, though, on the other hand, this was, this was a weapon farm. It was proved to him. This is what he used because he felt comfortable, he trusted. But here is where, honestly, is the difference in, in for him was, was his trust was in God. It wasn't just in this sling. It wasn't just in those stones, but it was in God, uh, His Father. David had confidence in the Lord. First Samuel seventeen thirty seven. David said, "Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, He will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine." And Saul said unto David, "Go, and the Lord be with thee." So you think about that. Whenever you think about, all of a sudden, did David just go up uh, to a giant? in this lifetime, and said, oh yeah, I'll I'll take care of that. And have not ever had any past experiences with the Lord. He had already been proven with God, hasn't he? He had trusted God. He had confidence in God. You had all these times that he delivered me out of of the paw of, of a bear and of a lion. He had killed these animals already, and God was with him. God already had that relationship with David, and it was proven. So he had confidence in the Lord didn't all of a sudden just go up to a giant and say, I think I'm going to kill you with this sling and these stones because that might have been a difficult situation. He had no proven already, did he, with that attitude? But he was already proven. He had that confidence. And we as Christians, so many of the times in our lifetime, I think sometimes we forget to seek out God in the situations that are difficult in our lives and to find out, oh yeah, I'm not doing anything but just worrying and carrying on. And I've got this situation in my life, what can I do? Me, me, me. And we forget that trust thing going on with God. It's a confidence in it that, oh, yeah, I need to pray. And so this is the things that we and I need to study about today is when you want to hit your mark, and this lesson, more than anything for us, brethren, is how do we hit our mark? How do we take a gun that's proven and that we've shot a lot and that we hit a bullseye that many yards away because we've shot it? And it's proven just the way this spiritual situation is for David. He has already been proven and proven with the Lord. He can go up against a giant and he can kill it. And that's exactly what David said. He said to Goliath, and Goliath was cursing him and telling him everything in the world, what I'm going to do to you, it was standoff. And David said, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to feed you to the birds. And he did. Five smooth stones, a sling, a little ruddy guy with no armor on because of that full trust and confidence in God. That's what he did. We as Christians must remember the confidence that David had. David knew God would supply his needs. That's the formula, brethren, for you and I also. It's in Psalms 118 and 8, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put the confidence in man. You know, when we can look at David and see what he did and see that those things was proven already and he went that way towards Goliath to take care of that, we as Christians can do the same thing. That if we trust in the Lord, it's better to put our confidence in Him than it is man. And He is going to supply our needs of everything that we need. And that was Paul's confidence in God too. Philippians 4 and 19 saying the same thing. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in the glory by Christ Jesus. Now when you think about that for a moment... It doesn't matter the, the circumstance, the situation is that we get ourselves into. Is when we find out that we have this going on in our lives, I don't care what it is, is that if we have those circumstances ruling our minds and our hearts, we, we have a problem. God is there, just like He has been all these years, He helped David. He's proven to us. We should trust in him. And we're going to start reading some scriptures here in a moment that we should go to him in prayer. And I, myself, I find myself so many of the times that I get hung up in, a, in whatever situation that it may be in my lifetime and we get this anxiety thing going on, you get fears going on, and you start clamming up, don't even act right sometimes, what's the matter? Well, this is going on. And we forget we forget about this confidence. We are chosen children of God. He wants the best for us. We have a direct link to Jesus Christ in prayer. And he's proven. And we should trust in that. Paul's confidence, talking to the Philippians here, was he supply all of our needs. He gives us everything that we need. Access Jesus with confidence. You know, when we look at this scripture, it gives me... Gives me confidence, I guess it's just exactly what it says. Ephesians 3, 10 and 12. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. You know, when we can access Jesus with confidence, that's saying he's proven, I trust in him and I've got this going on and I need help and I'm going to access that. So this is the part of the study that we as, as Christians can use as a tool. That is the number one thing to get to our Heavenly Father. Jesus said, you don't go to my Father except by me. So the single most thing that we can use that's the most important to make it count, to hit our mark, is to be right with Jesus, to pray to him, and to continue your life steadfast in every situation. Access with confidence. SOP. Bonnie come up with this little deal. She said, use SOP. And I said, What's that? Standard operation procedure. You know where well, everybody's got one. Pilot's got one. You got an emergency. Oops. What's that light going on fire? standard operation procedure, he's going to follow something to take care of that. What do you do for fear? What do you do for loneliness? What do you do for distress distressed circumstance of, of someone loved one being sick in your family? What do you do when someone passes away that you love? SOP. Should be automatic. Prayer. First John 5, 14 through 15, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. You know, if I'm hungry, I'll go to Bonnie. I'll say, Bonnie, <laughs> we've talked about this, Matt and I, earlier. Trying to have restraint around our house is tough. It just is. But if I'm hungry, I'll say, Bonnie, I need something to eat. She'll, she'll go and make me something to eat. I'm spoiled. Sometimes she says I'm busy, go get some cereal. But most of the time, she is in there making a meal. But here's the thing. I asked, right? If we have a proven thing for us, that's Jesus, right? We know he's there, and he's listening to us. And we as Christians should ask. I've got this going on, and I need help. And so we can go to Jesus and ask. We can do it with confidence. We have that access Remember SOP, Standard Operation Procedure. Pray. It's a proven weapon for us. Praying is of God and worrying is of of man. Philippians 4 and 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. Be careful is, is anxiety. Don't have anxiety for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, if you think about it, and I don't know why it popped in my head, worry—it's man-made. I wished I wouldn't do it, but I do, and I'm probably no different than some of you out there. Some may not worry; some may worry more. I do probably my share of it. You know, I—I I don't think it's wise in our life to to worry. It's here in Philippians it says, "Be careful for nothing." If it's something that we just really shouldn't do. It's, it's hard not to, but it's, it's not wise to do. But we should do those concerns maybe in our life. We should go to God in prayer rather than the worry. Worry is of man. It is, it's, it's made in, in here. It's not spiritual. Think about that for a minute. It is, it's not. There's nothing productive from it. Is What do you get from worrying? What, where, where do you... What product... Or a byproduct of really that worry does for you. Does it help you? Can you get anything done with it? Has it has it gone out there and, and, and bailed the hay for you when you're sitting there looking at the rain clouds too wet and things? And you're just worrying where it hasn't done that for you, have it? Or has it? It hasn't. Everything that I worry about when I get done and I fret and I'm all tore up in here, but still got that situation just the way it works. But typically, if you can get away from that, say some prayers, get it out of your mind, we say and can see that we're so much better. Let your requests be made known unto God. But you know, I think bottom line is when you start looking at this, is those situations are going to be there the next day. They're going to be. And it will be just that much better not to have worried about it but we say a prayer, we go on to the next days and we get that stuff done. Fight for your prize. I think this is some of the parts that, that really when I did this lesson and, and looked at what Paul talked about and how he related really um, as, as, a, as a runner and as a fighter a little bit here in his way of thinking of fighting this Christian life out. 1 Corinthians 9, and 26. Know ye not that they which... Run. In a race, run all. All of it. Start to finish. You don't stop. You don't stop halfway and say, I'm tired. Or, I believe I'll stop right here. Paul says, run all of it. But one receiveth the prize. It's going to be someone to receive that prize. So run. He's saying, do it, that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things, now that they do it to obtain a corruptible ground, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. You know, when you look at these scriptures and see Paul using these terms, you can see the the fight in it. You can see his life that he lived and what he went through and the things that we can kind of relate with. Paul went through those things and and probably a lot more the life that he lived in those days, the persecutions that they went through to be a Christian. But he said, I'm fighting. I'm going to fight and I'm going to finish. You know, we go through this life human. We hurt physically, spiritually, emotionally. We get older, but we find out that we continue to fight i want to tell you, the prize is worth it. The reward is worth it, brethren. We don't stop. We continue. We run the whole race. You know, when you think about mastery, we're looking at the, on the strongs on that. And mastery is a competition. So what I could get from this, it, it's a competition for a prize against an adversary. And when you look at temperate, it's to exercise restraint. So think about that for a moment. When, when you're trying to do the best that you can, it doesn't matter if it's shooting a bow and arrow, if it's shooting a rifle, if it's being a Christian, we need to find the mastery of it. And we also are doing it in competition against an adversary in this life, the devil. He's going to pull you back, and he's going to reel you in, and he's going to fight you every day. Paul says fight. And that's something that is hard just to, to sit there and offer up excuses to the devil, isn't it, and reason through that? Oh, hey, you know, I don't really want to listen to you today. I think, just stop. He's going to be there the next day. And he's going to be offering the same things that he was offering you the next day and the day after. So the mastery of it all is that we as Christians are going to be in a competition our whole life against an adversary. Why else does it say in there that the devil is his roaring lion and he's seeking who he's going to devour? You know what? Let him come on and make it count continue to fight you got jesus continue to fight continue to pray do your best you know paul says i therefore so run not as uncertainly i want to tell you he he was hitting his mark he he had a goal and he was hitting his mark and he was fighting at it he was certain and he was sure not as one that beat the air. He was focused. He was not going to, if he run or if he boxed, he wasn't even going to shadow box. He was going to hit you square in the nose. And that's exactly what Paul's attitude with this thing was, if I'm running, I'm not going to run with just flailing arms. I'm going to run where I'm in control. And not as one that's beating the air, but I'm running with purpose. I'm going to attain and I'm going to race. Because I want that prize. Fight for your prize. Continue what is proven to the end. Hebrews 3. 13 through 15. But exhort one another daily what it's called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers as a participant or a partner of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. You know we got a conditional word in there if we need to pay attention to. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Do not throw it away. Hebrews 10, 35, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. It is valuable. It is a valuable reward. And whenever in Hebrews here, the writer's talking about cast not away, you know, you think about that. If you have gone your whole life and you see situations where some people just turn loose of something, they've had it for years and they let it go. They throw it away. What a waste. And that's the terminology don't cast it away. It's like if you're just throwing it away. Why would you do that? Why would I do that? Why would I live this Christian life halfway through the race and toss it? It's like going across a big lake, halfway and turn around and going back. That don't make sense. Go to the other side and whenever we do, we will be rewarded. It says it's a great recompense of reward. Let us not throw it away. Do not miss your go. Hebrews 10:36 through 38. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while that he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Brethren, we don't need to fall away. We don't need to quit and we do not need to stop. In Hebrews here, we find out that if we need patience, we find it and that we continue for the promise. Fight to hit your goal. Hebrews ten thirty nine, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. And let's keep after the goal. In Philippians three fourteen, I like this word, mark. It's target. It's, it's means your goal. It's a goal. What is your goal as a Christian? Is it to stop halfway? I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If we continue to press towards that mark, we are not going to go just halfway. We're going to go the full length, like Paul spoke about. I don't know the minds and the hearts of those that are here today. I hope there's been some things in this lesson this evening that has been good for you to hear, that helps you to continue to grind out this Christian life, even in hard times. It's not easy, is it? Sometimes we get depressed We get lonely. We have things happen. We have some weaknesses. Some more so than others. Some not so more so. We are all in different stages, maybe as Christians. But you know what? Every bit of it is forgivable. And every bit of it can be strengthened. Every bit of it can be done through Christ. Who is proven. Who we have confidence in. Who we can pray to and who we can grab hold of that prize with.